Pool Together is the world's number one prize-saving lottery, and this is the Pool Together Community Podcast. Visit pooltogether.com to deposit. Thanks for joining us on the Pool Together Community Podcast. I'm your host, Tim. And listen, Pool Together is a prize-savings lottery. It's really fun to get in, to join us. Uh, go to pooltogether.com to deposit. And none of that what we talk about today is financial advice. We're just having fun here. And we are having so much fun talking to Crypto Texan. Crypto Texan, welcome to the Pool Together Community Podcast. Thanks, everyone. Happy to be here. Big fan of Pool Together and looking forward to get started. Yeah, so I'd love to hear your journey, Crypto Texan. If you could just talk about crypto in general and then how did you find Pool Together? That's a great question. So I got into crypto in around 2017. Uh, I bought my first little bit of Bitcoin, I think in December of 2017. And I don't know if you all remember correctly, but that was the top for Bitcoin. And then it it tanked, right? It, it crashed after uh, like beginning of 2018, I think. But I, you know, I, the more I dug into the technology and just, you know, did more and more research. And, I, you know, I stayed involved uh, through that crash and through the bear market. And I just kind of, you know, realized that this is just a really innovative technology that does have the potential to change the way that we just interact with each other. And at that time, just, you know, exchange value on a peer-to-peer basis, right? That was like the main thing with Bitcoin. And then, you know, you I think especially back then, you know, you start to dig into, you know, Litecoin and then you dig into, you know, what's Bitcoin Cash and then you think, "Oh, these are these are way better. These are improvements over the Bitcoin protocol cuz it's bigger." And you know, you don't really get into the, you know, what does it mean to have a bigger block time and faster transactions and lower transaction fees? And the the longer I stayed in it, the more, you know, you start to understand, you know, what decentralization means, what security of the blockchain means, why it's important. And yeah, then eventually I I think I was listening to Andreas Antonopoulos uh, on the Joe Rogan podcast, and he started talking about smart contracts on the blockchain. And he was talking about basically code that automatically executes based on just data sets, you know, if if and and then statements and that really was fascinating to me and that's kind of where i got turned on to ethereum and started doing research there and kind of saw all the all the projects you know i mean i i knew about ethereum like during the ico craze in like 2017 2018 but i really started you know understanding the technology back then uh you know after all that time had passed and then i just you know, I started getting into DeFi. I've got a traditional finance background. And so DeFi was obviously very interesting to me, just the fact that you can have, you know, what Brian Brooks calls a self-driving bank in the sense that, you know, I can deposit assets into a protocol and people can borrow those assets. I can borrow assets and there's no centralized intermediary or custodian uh, taking custody of those assets. And it just blew my mind of the efficiency and the potential there. And then I really started digging into DeFi 
And, you know, that's kind of how I got into the index co-op. We can touch on that a little bit later. And yeah, I eventually found pull together. And I, you know, I think the idea of, you know, I don't know if y'all call it a no loss lottery anymore. I think y'all might call it like a price savings account now, or maybe you use both interchangeably, but I thought that idea was really fascinating. And so I kind of started getting involved on mainnet. You know, I put some into V3 of the pull together protocol uh, with compound. I think I still have some sushi in there. And then more recently with the deployment of V4 on Polygon, I've put, you know, a pretty sizable chunk in there. And uh, I did, I did that probably two months ago, right before this huge market downturn. And so, you know, I converted some assets into USDC and I'm getting a pretty good return over there. And so, and then I don't know if y'all know this, but I also had Layton on uh, my podcast not that long ago. Um, and I'm just fascinated by the protocol. I'm a huge fan of pull togethers, you know, view of just like gamifying savings for, and I feel like it's more of a retail facing protocol, which I feel like we don't have a lot of true retail facing protocols right now. Like I think, well, we can get all, into all that a little bit later, maybe too, but yeah, that's, that's kind of my background and how I uh, found pull together. Definitely. Now I realize this this podcast is not about pool together specifically. It's about the community around pool together. Um, and side note, just for those of you with crypto techs and bingo cards, uh, you can mark off Joe Rogan. Okay, you can mark off Joe Rogan. That's on your bingo card. But but what do you think crypto techs and your is pool together's strength? Like, what do you think it's like makes it a killer app? Or like, what, what do you think the is the is the money thing behind pool together? Yeah, that's interesting. I actually, and I talked to Leighton about this, you know, on the podcast uh, a couple months ago too. And I think, you know, when Pulled Together first came around, I think, you know, you had, it's been around for almost as long as Avi and Compound and all those other OGs. And Pulled Together is truly an OG DeFi protocol. But I think that maybe Pulled Together was a little bit too early in the sense that this feels like, a true retail facing protocol and i think that the true value of pull together the protocol and in the pool token uh, to go along with that has not truly been realized yet and i think with uh the, the onboarding of the masses uh, of like true retail like not like DeFi degens where you've got a metamask wallet and you've got assets on Avalanche and Arbitrum and Optimism and ZK Sync um, and Polygon, but just the people who want to just do banking on their phone. I think that Together has a huge potential that with the right integrations with wallets, you know, non-crypto native friendly retail wallets, I think that is where you can really start to find the value. And and it's just, it's more fun, right? I think that there's a bunch of different communities that can be formed around protocols. And I feel like your community is is one of the more special ones in the sense that, you know, you, you go into all these discords and especially during the bull market, you see a lot of people that are just saying, you know, when is the price going to go up more? Can devs do something? You know, why is the price down? And I think that, um, 
and then the index co-op has this as well is that you just have like a different feel and a different vibe in our discords i mean we still get those moon boys that are want to know about the price but i feel like the pull together community what i've experienced it's it's around you know when someone wins a prize everyone's high-fiving each other you know virtual i guess and everyone's excited and it's just it's just a very cool and strong community that jeff built and i i think that's really exciting and I feel like the index co-op has that too, in the sense that, yeah, we definitely get a lot of questions about price of our products or our index token. Um, but a lot of times people just want to understand how the technology works. And that's really exciting. You know, how does the rebalancing work? How do you decide what goes into which index? And I think that's, you know, if you can find communities that kind of set themselves apart from the masses, I think that's uh, a really valuable attribute to have in a community and in a protocol. Yeah, it was cool to, I love that you guys have at Index Co-op, the podcast, you have everything transcribed. So I was able to like, you know, read through, blow through the interview with you and Leighton. And that concept of having a protocol, having, it's not an app or a platform that people have to go to necessarily. That's what it is now. But we're also working on becoming a protocol and, and being in kind of like uh, being that Lego block in other things. Uh, and hopefully those things are onboarding more people to crypto. And if that's the secret sauce, that's the, um, that's the, the, the sweet spot for pool together for sure. And we haven't been there yet. We haven't, we haven't gotten there yet, but we're, we're getting there, but I want to talk about index co-op or index coop, which is more fun to say, but I understand incorrect. Um, tell, how'd you get, how'd you get involved with index co-op and, uh, would love to hear your story and what you're excited about there. Well, no, you're not wrong in saying Coop. Uh, I think we all use it interchangeably. Uh, it, it's technically called the Index Cooperative, so Index Co-op, that fits. But also our mascot is an owl, so Index Coop just kind of feels fitting there. But yeah, we use those uh, interchangeably. Um, if you want to sound more professional, say Co-op, I guess. I, I don't know if you want to if you want to seem smarter than you really are, which is what I try to do uh, most of the time. But yeah, the way that I got involved is. Kind of going back to what I was saying earlier, I was really just, you know, with my traditional finance background, learning about DeFi, and it, it kind of got a little overwhelming, right? Like, I do have this traditional finance background, but there's so much going on. The technology is so new. You've got Aave, Compound, Yearn, Sushi, you know, Cream, all these wild food token protocols like Yam and Pickle Finance, Popsicle Finance. And I was just, you know, I wanted to invest in all of them. And, you know, it's not gas efficient, it's research intensive. And I came across the DeFi Pulse Index, which is an index coupe product. And it's just a basket of DeFi tokens that uh, is weighted by market cap, automatically rebalance, rebalances monthly. And I just kind of saw that as my solution there. I said, this just, you know, this outsources the research that I have to do. This re this outsources the uh, rebalancing that I might do if I'm rebalancing my positions. And on top of that, you know, you kind of have socialized gas costs in the sense that you know, these index, you know, DPI, DeFi Pulse Index token holders are splitting 
the gas costs with uh, the rebalancing gas costs with each other, right? Because it it costs the same amount of gas to send a ten million dollar transaction as it does to send a one dollar transaction, right? Because really, all the blockchain cares about is the amount of data that's going into the block, which is why NFTs are obviously more expensive to send because there's just a lot more data that's involved in that transaction. Um, so yeah, when you're you know when you're rebalancing once a month, you're effectively splitting that cost between all of the token holders of DPI. And so, yeah, I said I, this is fascinating. And so I went into the Discord. The next Coop Discord was my first Discord to ever join because that's where all the magic happens. And I just started getting a little bit more involved and saw that the Index Coop has this tweeting program, this thing called impression mining program, where you can get compensated uh, for certain tweets that you tweet and you get paid an index token to do that. There's a lot of stipulations to it and you kind of have to have like somewhat of a decent following to get started. And um, and there's a lot of rules around it too, but that's really how I got started. And, you know, I just kind of started learning out in public about how the index coop worked. So I would do research on DPI and the assets within, and then I would make, you know, a long tweet thread about it. And, you know, on Twitter, people can be pretty quick to tell you uh, if you got something wrong or if you got something right. And, but on top of that, you know, I would create posts about the index coop on Twitter and people would ask me questions. And I just thought I should just answer every single question that everyone asks me uh, on my tweets. And that kind of helped me do even more and more research. So kind of learning out in the open, uh, getting paid to learn by doing the impression mining. And then, you know, uh, the DeFi Pulse Index uh, is, you know, we have a methodologist on that. Who is the DeFi, who's DeFi Pulse, which is one of the leading DeFi analytics organizations in the space and they also have a discord and then so i basically yeah, i was in their discord and they were doing this ama with one of the DeFi protocols just a text ama in the discord and the index coop didn't have anything like that quite yet so i reached out to two of some of the more core contributors that was lemonade alpha and pepperoni joe um you gotta love the names in DeFi. And I said, hey, this is a great idea. The Index Coop should do this, but we should do it live recording that drives people to the Discord and then publish it to gain more exposure. And they basically said, yeah, that's a good idea. Why don't you just go ahead and run with that? And I said, okay. And that's kind of cemented my position in the Index Co-op community as tweeting and, and doing the podcast. And I'll do a little business development here or there to try to get our products onto different protocols. Um, but those are the main two aspects of my contributions at the Index Co-op. Well, I'm a new I'm, I'm a new podcast host in the crypto space. So I, I wonder if you have any advice for me as I move forward or even criticism. You know, I'm fine. I can take it. I mean, so far you're doing great. I mean, I don't, I don't have any uh, advice at the moment. I would just say, um, I do have a checklist that I use, and I, I check it off every time, uh, because there was one time where 
man, I forgot to record the first like 10 minutes of an interview and there was so much good content in there. It was with Alex uh, Svanovic from Nansen and I was so bummed. I was like, I, I can't let that happen again. So I don't know. You just kind of get caught up in the moment sometimes and you forget to hit the record button. So I don't know. Just be mindful of that. That's my only advice that I have right now. No, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, the checklist is good. Uh, there's a whole book on checklists and how that, that works out. I forgot the title of it. Um, but I'm sure if you Google checklist book, it's really great. It's about it. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, but uh, so so uh, you have uh, a GMI token, right? So if I just invest in GMI, that means I'm going to make it. Is that correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. That means you're going to make it. Um, yeah, that's one of our newest index products. Actually, uh, that is called the Bankless DeFi Innovation Index. And lately, I guess we've been getting a little bit more creative with the token symbol. So the token symbol for that one is GMI, which is obviously a popular meme that means going to make it. And this was actually our second partnership with uh, the Bankless DAO. Um, you know, the Bankless DAO and the NX Coop, we kind of joined forces because you know, we have the DeFi Pulse Index, and these are the blue chip DeFi protocols. And we kept getting, you know, all these questions, you know, why isn't Ohm in there? Why isn't Token there? MIM, you know, all these DeFi protocols that were really considered DeFi 2.0 or, yeah, it, and that's what GMI is, is here to do. It, it kind of seeks to capture the performance of more emergent DeFi application themes. And what, what it also does, it relaxes the inclusion, inclusion criteria of, you know, our flagship product, the DeFi Pulse Index. And so it, it's really there to provide a little bit more exposure to experimental DeFi products, which maybe haven't been completely proven yet, or maybe are a little bit further out on the risk curve. And yeah, these are these are tokens that, um, yeah, they, they just haven't become or haven't achieved that label as a blue chip uh, DeFi protocol quite yet. And the reason we partner with Bankless on this, and I, I think this is one of the ways that the NX Co-op, you know, we set ourselves apart from our competitors because there are other competitors out there like PyDAO and Indexed Finance to do something similar. But one of the main ways, ways we differentiate ourselves is through our partnerships. So, you know, we're partnering with the DeFi Pulse Index, who is very well known in the, you know, from a DeFi analytics space, the Bankless DAO, you know, everyone knows David and Ryan and listens to the podcast. And who else? We're working with Notional Finance on a new protocol. We're looking for looking at partnering with uh, Llama or DeFi Llama. And, you know, we've got the Titans of Data or Data Economy Index. We've got the guys from MetaPortal for the Metaverse Index. And, but yeah, if you invest in GMI, you're going to make it. It feels more to me like leveraged DeFi exposure as these are typically more smaller capped DeFi protocols. So, you know, do your own research, not financial advice, but I, I'm, I love that product. I think it's really cool. Yeah. Gonna, gonna make it. You it can mean so many things. doesn't mean you're going to make it financially, 
just means that you're going to make it. Could you explain other products that you have at Index Co-op? So you got the MVI, you got the DPI, you get the BED. We'd love to hear just kind of the, the portfolio run through. Yeah. So, and if I'm, you know, I, I, forgive me if I miss one off the top of my head, but yeah, we've got the DeFi Pulse Index, which gives you exposure to blue chip DeFi protocols. We've got the Metaverse Index, which gives you exposure to uh, the Metaverse. And I think more specifically, it's it it's there to capture the trend of, you know, NFTs, entertainment, sports, music and business, just kind of all shifting into a more virtual environment. That's what the metaverse index uh, is there to do. And in that one, we've got Decentraland, Sandbox, um, Decentral Games, NFTX is another really cool one there. Um, Axie Infinity is included there. And then like some other one, like Rari, or or not Rari, uh, Rarible is another one. And, And there's, I think there's 17 tokens in the metaverse index right now. Uh, which, yeah, it, it's worth just kind of digging in there and doing the research on these, you know. Uh, and that's kind of getting off topic a little bit. But when I've got friends that ask me about DeFi, I usually just point them. I say, hey, here's the DeFi Pulse Index. Start at the top with Uniswap. Learn that. Understand how it works. And just make your way down the list. And that kind of gives you a pretty good idea from just like a learning perspective, like a roadmap on which DeFi protocols, you know, what they do, what they are, what an AMM is, what a DEX is. That's kind of where I direct people. But anyway, so DeFi Pulse Index, Metaverse Index, the Bankless BED Index, B-E-D, which stands for Bitcoin, Ether, and DPI. And we partnered with Bankless on that one too. That was just kind of a portfolio allocation that kind of memed itself into existence because we kind of been talking about, you know, this is kind of, you know, where you start, you start with Bitcoin, you eventually make your way to Ethereum, and then you make your way towards DeFi. And we thought it would be interesting to have just a one third allocation to all three. And Bankless is a great partner on that, because now we have the power of two DAOs who are incentivized to promote and hold this token. So what we're trying to do with BED is, you know, with Bitcoin, you know, you kind of get the, you're getting the store of value aspect there. You know, Bitcoin is the largest cap crypto money and uh, currently uh, the reserve asset for most crypto banks. Um, And, you know, some exposure to Bitcoin is essential, but probably not too much because then you're going to be a little underweight in, you know, DeFi positions, which might have more potential upside. Ethereum is there for like the economic bandwidth and the reserve asset for decentralized finance. So uh, heavy focus on ETH is, in my opinion, important for any crypto investment. And then DPI, which, as we talked about earlier, gives you exposure to blue chips. So that's kind of what we were looking at, just kind of something that you could tell your friends about if they're interested in investing in crypto is, you know, look at the bed index. You know, you get your store value with Bitcoin. You get your programmable money with Ether, and then you get decentralized finance with DeFi. And, you know, up to when the metaverse became really popular, those were the three major themes in the crypto space. Um, We also have the Data Economy Index, which focuses on protocols like Chainlink, the graph, um, 
Brave, you know, the basic attention token, Filecoin, and the idea there, and we're partnering with the titans of data there, Thomas and Kiba are the methodologists behind that one, is while DeFi is disrupting the traditional banking and financial services system, the data economy on the blockchain aims to disrupt the data monopolies built in big tech over the past 20 years. You know, your Amazons, your Googles, your Facebooks. And I think we, I think there's seven or eight tokens in that uh, index. And then what else do we have here? Uh, we talked about GMI and we also have our leveraged products. So you've got the Bitcoin 2x fly product and you've got your ethereum 2x fly and the fly stands for flexible leverage index and what that does is it is a fully collateralized leverage token in the sense that we use the ave protocol it's either ave or compound i'd have to go back and look but we use one of these borrowing and lending protocols ave or compound to borrow against the ethereum that we put in there and this is all happened you know on on the smart contract to leverage up and then delever accordingly to attempt to achieve a 2x exposure to either bitcoin or ethereum and so those are the main ones uh at the moment we've got tons of stuff in the pipeline right now as well and if i missed any that you catch uh, let me know this brings me to a tweet that I found on January 21st, where uh, you said, Welp, this is probably the spot for me. ETH2X FLI, here I come. So, so on January 21st, you tweeted that you hopped into a little leverage position on ETH. How'd that work out for you? Well, it looks like we're about uh, 2,600 on the ETH price right now. So yeah, it worked out, worked out okay. I'd have to go back and like, you know, double check the position, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say stuff like that on Twitter again. Not financial advice. Um, I, I'm not a big fan of leverage, uh, actually, personally. So you know, I didn't take a major position at, at that moment because um, leverage, even when it's automatically governed by a smart contract, is a dangerous thing, right? Yes, you're getting two x the upside, but you're getting the two x the downside as well. So you know, if, if that's your risk tolerance, that's fine. I just felt like, you know, I don't feel like this bull market, this bull cycle is completely over yet. I feel like there's just too much innovation and growth going on in the space. And I felt like this was probably about the right time for me to hop in and just, you know, gamble a little bit on that uh, Ethereum price action. Well, I'm looking at the daily candle. I thought I got you there because I'm like, well, January 21st was was garbage for ETH, ETH but uh, but you bought it at the bottom of the candle, I guess, at the end of the day for the next one, for the next day. Yeah, I think, I, I mean, I either bought it that day or the next day, but I think I remember getting in at like 22, if, if I remember correctly. Dang. Wow. Well... Congratulations! I'm glad you didn't get wrecked. I I don't hope I don't want I don't wish wrecked on anyone. But when you were talking about this crypto text and you were talking about um, you know metaverse index and and I mean you could really index anything, right? I mean you could you could put a bundle of stuff together and it's an index. And I know that both of us are really into ice poker. In fact, you're into like seventeen thousand things because you had like uh, yesterday you had three mints. 
Uh, one of them being the ice poker mint, which failed miserably for me, and I'm still I'm still upset about it. Uh, I hope it went well for you. Would love to hear about that. But but with specifically ice poker, I love the product. I I, I love it because I love playing poker. It's really fun for me. I can involve my friends. I can delegate to them. So I really am invested in this space just emotionally, and I would love to. But I don't know what like specifically I need to do with ice poker to really make it in this life. You know what I'm saying? Like if I want to just like ride that that train track to the moon, how do I get DG? Do I get XG? Do I get staked DG? Do I get ice? Do I get the NFTs? I kind of want to like spread I want I want it all. So an index would work well for me, but there's really not an index right now for something that includes NFTs, correct? Yeah, that's true. And to your point about you could index almost anything. I will say that, you know, there are some technical uh, limitations on some of the products that we can make. And, you know, we have been working on for a while. And when it finally does come out, I'm going to be really excited because this is probably the product I'm most excited about. It's the NFT blue chip index, which we're going to call JPG or JPEG. And what that's doing, that's leveraging the technology of Nifty Museum and NFTX and how they have their, you know, NFT collateral vaults that they use. I guess it's called a collateral vault. Maybe it's just called a vault. And uh, you can mint tokens that represent the price or the floor price of a specific NFT. And so we were looking into that, you know, looking at blue chip NFTs and if we could leverage the minting of tokens that are backed by the floor price of those NFTs and put that into an index. And it would be, it will be wildly popular. But the thing we run into is the illiquidity of those assets, even though uh, it's we, we've tokenized those assets through NFTX and Nifty Museum. Because some issues that you run into on, on a lot of small cap uh, protocols is you know, low dex liquidity or low depth, right? So what you don't want to do during a rebalance is uh, get into an issue with slippage, right? If you make too big of a trade on a dex, you're going to run into slippage, which is going to hurt the token holder, right? And that's kind of the issue we're running into. So yeah, you can tokenize pretty much anything, um, once we find a way to get through these technical limitations of the liquidity depth uh, for the NFT or the NFT blue chip index, I think it's going to be huge. Um, but yeah, on the subject of ice poker, it, it's a great story actually. I, the the way that I got into ice poker is I have this friend, right? I'm crypto Texan here, but some people in my real life know who crypto Texan is in real life. And he was just like, hey, I've got this friend. He's really into Decentral Games, Ice Poker. You should talk to him. And I said, okay, that, you know, I know DG. Um, they're, you know, a constituent of the Metaverse Index. So I, I went and had a drink with this guy. And, you know, he brought his computer and he was showing me how it all worked. And I just noticed that, and, and he was all about the Metaverse and nfts he was doing like axie infinity for a while and he had like scholars for you know he was buying axes and you know renting them out to people in the philippines to you know I, i'm not completely 
technical on, on how all that works, but he was telling me all about this and, um, he was making a trade and he was using the MetaMask swap function on his MetaMask browser. And I said, what are you doing? You know, with that you're getting screwed on fees with the MetaMask uh, browser extension. And he goes, well, where else do I do it? I was like, go to SushiSwap. He had never heard of SushiSwap before in his life. And I just had this moment where I was like, wow, the metaverse really is bringing in new people to the crypto DeFi space. And this was like a real life realization for me where obviously like I used SushiSwap a hundred times before I ever bought an NFT, right? And here he, I'm showing him how to use it for the first time. And he's got, you know, he's done Axie Infinity and he's got five wearables on Decentral Games and he's teaching me Decentral Games. And yeah, it was just like a pretty, you know, you hear about this all the time that the metaverse and NFTs and art and blockchain gaming is going to bring more people to the space. And I, I saw that happen in real life. And I saw, I thought, man, this is great. I got to get a little bit more involved with DG and the metaverse. And so, yeah, I've the Mint... Uh, yesterday did not go well for me. Unfortunately, I didn't, I didn't get to mint anything, but I, yeah, I've got two, uh, wearables and I'm currently delegating both those out one to some random person in Texas that I met on discord and one to someone in the Philippines. And right. I, in so many words, you delegate these wearables out. Um, they keep 70%, you get 30% of their winnings each day. And, it's a pretty interesting and, and fascinating system out there. But yeah, if you want, I mean, and I'm not an expert on Decentral Games or the DG token or staked DG, but if you want exposure to the metaverse in general in the trend that we're seeing in the metaverse in the mainstream media and on the blockchain, then I think the metaverse index would be the right play there. And DG is and uh, Decentraland are both in the Metaverse Index, to note. Okay, bingo card. We, we talked about poker now so that you can mark the poker square. Um, but yeah, I, I really saw the power. I have a friend who is just, uh, he thinks everything in life is a scam, my friend uh, Steve. But I showed him this poker and he... He, he's kind of an obsessive personality. So he, like he was like his life was dedicated to World of Warcraft. But I see this happening now where I delegated him my ice poker wearable and he's like all in. Like every, he's the first person to check in out of my delegate. I have five de uh, wearables and I play one of them. But he's always number one to check in. And I'm like, wow, if this got Steve. If they get, and it's so, his computer really struggles to run the meta, you know, Decentraland and all this stuff. And he just keeps fighting through because he really likes the experience of it. So it's, uh, it's quite an inc incredible, impressive product. Um, yeah. So it's good to know that we both share that together. Yeah, it's fun. I'm a big fan. And, you know, there's people who I talk to who are just like, I don't get NFTs. They're stupid. They're JPEGs. You can right click, save them. But the central games has given me a way to explain, better explain this to people where their eyes open up and they say, oh, that's how this works. Because you say, okay, look, I own an NFT that gains me exclusive access to a poker room in the metaverse. And this NFT is a wearable that goes on top of your avatar. And because I own this NFT, I can play poker in this exclusive poker room. And they're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. And I say, but on top of that, 
you know, I can still custody this wearable, this asset in my wallet, but I can delegate the responsive, you know, the, I guess, abilities of this to anyone. And then I tell them I'm delegating this to someone, you know, the powers, the entrance into this poker room to someone in the Philippines. And they're happy to do it because the money they make playing poker by me delegating is more than the average wage uh, in the Philippines. Or that's what my delegator tells me, at least. And it kind of opens their eyes and say, wow, this, you know, this is something way different than just, you know, buying JPEGs and making them your PFP, right? So, yeah, I think that the the PFP run-up earlier this year might start to fizzle out a little bit, I think, you know, but probably a lot of those are just might go to zero. I'm a big fan of mine. I say like buy things that you like. I I don't speculate on on NFTs, but I think soon in the next year we're probably going to see just like we saw DeFi 2.0, I think we're going to see NFTs 2.0 and I think there's a lot of very cool stuff being built out utilizing that NFT technology that goes far beyond the scope of NFT wearables and uh just profile pictures. So imagine if Candy Crush had the same play-to-earn NFT delegation function and you could equip millions, if not billions of grandmas to play Candy Crush, it would, it would, I mean, talk about onboarding, am I right? And then you, you talked about MetaMask swapping. They, they actually have a pop-up right now that says, we're the lowest rates. You'll save the most money with MetaMask. I saw this pop up yesterday, and actually, I'm finding uh, that Zapper is giving me is giving me that sweet, juicy, uh, you know, I don't know. It's not yield. It's just like the best exchange rate so far. Uh, although yesterday, I think with the Mint, there was a Polygon hiccup, or there was like crazy traffic. So, uh, all that to say, I had to get that out as you were talking uh, because those, that's what stirred up in my brain. But you were you, Crypto Texan. You were starting to give us the future. You were starting to foresee and foreshadow what we can expect in 2022. And you have you have a very wide uh, radar. Uh, you have a good view of the space. I would love to see, or I would love to hear your predictions for 2022. Um, so you said more, less profile pictures, more utility with the NFTs. What else you got for us? Yeah, I think, you know, a major theme that you'll see on Twitter is layer two. And I think that's, that's obviously uh, going to be a major theme uh, later on this year. And, you know, focusing on things like Arbitrum, Optimism, you know, those optimistic rollups. And then I think ZK Sync is, is very interesting, very cool technology. And Starkware is great too. And there's so many other layer two projects coming on board. And it's just going to help, you know, if we can just onboard those people and onboard retail to those layer twos, it's going to be a better user experience for everybody, lower transaction fees, uh, because that that's the way that uh, the majority of these layer twos work. You know, I'm not like a huge, I'm not an engineer, I'm not a developer, but, you know, you listen to the Daily Gway with Anthony Sisano every single day and you start to pick up a couple things, but the way they do it in the way that these layer twos batch their transactions down to mainnet, the more people that use those layer twos, the less expensive the gas fees are, which is opposite of what happens on mainnet, right? The more people that are using mainnet, the higher the transaction fees are. And so I think that's going to be a great way to just lower gas fees. I think lower gas fees is, is going to be huge. Um, 
you know, utilizing that technology. Uh, what else for, um, well, let me let me interrupt you here uh, because with Vitalik talking about how uh, the future is cross-chain. Wait, no, it's not cross-chain, but it is multi-chain. Uh, and the vulnerabilities with bridges. Listen, I'm a noob. That's why I'm hosting this podcast because this podcast is for noobs, for people new to crypto. That's what Pool Together's sweet spot is: is onboarding people to crypto. Um, so let's speculate together. I mean, what do you think that means with Arbitrum, Optimism, all these layer twos, all these, all these like other uh what protocols or something and uh but but right now we need them to all talk to each other so then how do we have all those things but honor the godfather vitalik's vision of multi-chain but not cross-chain i think when he's saying cross-chain i think he means like the evm compatible chains that are not layer twos like Avalanche's C chain, uh, which pull together is deployed upon, that's an EVM compatible side chain. That's not a layer two. You know, Binance Smart Chain EVM compatible side chain, not a layer two. Um, and I think so. What you're doing there is there is a bridge where, you know, when you bridge your Ethereum to Avalanche, what you're essentially doing is you're sending that Ethereum to a to a contract on the Ethereum blockchain. And then you're essentially minting new Ethereum on Avalanche, right? So, and I, I don't know how that contract is managed, if it's managed by a multi-sig. Um, I, I think those are some of the risks. Like if your bridge, if the bridge that you're using is managed by a multi-sig, um, that you know, raises some questions from a decentralization standpoint. And if you're not following Chris Bleck on Twitter, he is a great contrarian to follow in the crypto space because, yeah, you can listen to people who talk your bags on Twitter all day, but it's also important to listen to people and understand where other people are coming from. Chris Bleck is one of those people who's really good at pushing buttons and uh, pushing the security side. And is this really decentralized or not? So I think that might be the risk that Vitalik is talking about, right? And even Polygon for that matter, uh, I'm not too keen on how all of that works, but you know, I don't have like, I, the majority of my assets are on Ethereum, Arbitrum and Optimism, right? Because those are true layer twos that inherit the security of the main chain versus EVM compatible side chains, which do pose a little bit of a greater risk. Again, I'm not a developer. That's just my broad general understanding of how all of that works. Um, so yeah, if you and I were just to speculate on that, I think that is uh, that might be what he's talking about. Now, I appreciate the clarification. There's a question from the chat. How would a single control wallet be more secure? Or do you mean that the bridge is just a smart contract with burned keys? Yeah, I, I'm not sure about that. Actually, uh, my understanding is that it's managed by a multi-sig or, you know, I, I really don't know. I, I can't get too technical on that because I don't, I don't have that knowledge, unfortunately. So you were, you were predicting the future. Do you have any more, any other things that you're curious about? I know that like for specifically with pool together, uh, we're exploring the way this delegation feature. So it's really cool. You can have a, 
like you, Crypto Texan, you just said that you have a good amount of money on pool together and you're winning prizes. You're enjoying watching your stable coin uh, bring you in some of that sweet, juicy prize money. Uh, and it's safe. There's no law or there's no loss there. So that's, that's great. But you could delegate that. You could be generous and you could point that laser beam of prizes toward any wallet that you choose through the feature of delegation. Uh, what we're exploring at pool together is something that's pretty cool is like NFT de- collection delegation. So You've got a massive collection, like say Ice Poker, of NFTs, uh, and you can actually Decentral Games could choose to put a hundred k into the pool and delegate it to Ice Poker owners, uh, delegators, people who ha- who have those NFTs, and they could just randomly pick, you know, a couple NFTs that would receive delegation, and then when w- get more chances to win that sweet sweet prize money. So that's really exciting as a feature for Pool Together. I don't know if you. Uh, had any thoughts on that or any other future uh, future predictions as you gaze into your crypto crystal ball? No, I think that is fascinating. And I think it's a very interesting way to add value to token holders or NFT holders. Um, that That's something that I never would have thought about. Um, I, you know, I did have a tweet like a few months back where I thought it would be interesting if pulled together were to somehow leverage, you know, the NFTX technology in the sense that, you know, you could deposit, you know, a thousand dollars of USDC into a pool and then maybe like over the span of like a week or a month, uh, you have a chance to win like a crypto punk that gets pulled out of the NFTX vault, right? Because when you are staking, assets or ether in the nftx vault you're also generating a yield and eventually that yield goes all the way up to one token and you can redeem that one token to pull an asset out of that nftx vault so i thought that would be really interesting but i feel like this delegating uh prizes is also very fascinating is that going to be like a a v5 thing or is that just a, a modification to v4 how would that work no, yeah, it's it's V4. Uh, we've got, you can actually, yeah, I mean, you could do this manually if you wanted to, uh, just using smart contract on Polygon Scan. But um, but we, we wanted to, we're, we're looking into building it into the interface. Uh, so we're, we're testing that. This is a Chris, Chris K special. It's, it was his idea. And so we're, we're user, we're going through user stories and stuff right now to try to build that out. Chris K is also a big Decentral Games guy. Yeah, he got me into it. I, I went through his DeFi Bible, and uh, and I really love poker. And it, I was like, wait, I could be a professional poker player? I mean, a play-to-earn professional poker player, but it's the same thing, right? I mean, yeah, probably. Yeah, it's the same thing. Okay, so Crypto Texan, say I, I'm excited about Index Co-op. I want to go get some, I want to get involved. What, what would your advice be to me, the host of the Pull Together Community Podcast, on how I get to how I should get involved, uh, knowing my passions and desires in this crypto space. Yeah, so I would say that you would join the Discord, introduce yourself into the introductions place, give us you know a little bit about your back about your background, and make sure you get signed up for the new joiners call. I think we have one or two of those a week, possibly more now, and that's kind of the new joiners call is there to kind of onboard people, you know, what is the index co-op? What do we do? How does it work? How can I get involved? And you kind of get up to speed in that sense. But that's kind of the thing, you know, I think 
and this is just advice for anybody getting involved in any DAO whatsoever, is that a lot of times we see people who want to get involved in the DAO and they join and you know they're in the Discord and they're just kind of waiting to be told what to do. And I think that works in a traditional finance or like a traditional organization standpoint in the meat space, but I don't think the organizational structure of a DAO really lends itself to that. I think you really have to be a self-starter in the DAO and just start doing things. That's that's the best way to get involved in any DAO whatsoever, right? That's what I did. I, I just you know started tweeting and you know started started getting noticed that way, and then I just kind of took on this initiative with the podcast, and then it just kind of spiraled in, into this thing where. You know, I'm I'm a, I'm a contributor now for the Index Cooperative, and I love it, and it's 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 super exciting. But that's the thing; it's like you you guys get out there and just do something, just like take initiative and get out there and do it, because I think that is, you know, DAOs are just a brand new organizational. You know, b- blockchain and DAOs are are just changing the way in which humans organize themselves, just in general, and. I think DAOs, yeah, they just kind of, that's what you have to do to get involved is just get in there, start talking to people, be a self-starter, take initiative, and it's going to work out for you. Yeah, I think there's this like shedding of centralization that needs to happen. Like I know that when I joined the Pool Together uh, community, the Discord, and I wanted to get involved, but I also wanted to be sen- sensitive to the history that that came before me, you know? Uh, so, so, but I, but I see partnership opportunities and I wanted to reach out to people, but I also wanted to respect the brand. And I also wanted to respect, like, maybe somebody else is already talking to it, talking to the, this platform. Um, but it's really cool to see like the emphasis of like, no, 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 keep doing that. Keep doing that. We'll, we'll bring you back if you need to be brought back, but, but it really doesn't happen. So it's very encouraging. And, and, uh, I, I think that, I definitely believe that in this space, community is how you win. Especially on like if that Discord, I can I can tell within like five minutes whether or not I want a community or not. Be basically scanning through the Discord um, or even like a Twitter account or the conversations that happen. And I think the the warmest Discords are the ones where there people are encouraged to participate. But there is this waiting to be told what to do. That is uh, that happens with new people, especially me. And I think that's that shedding of centralization needs to happen. Um, cool. So uh, let's let's see here. Let me look through my qu- questions. I have some some kind of off the off the beaten path questions. If if you're into it, the first one being, if you could onboard a celebrity into crypto, who would it be and why? That sir is a great question. And let me see, like who would ha- I'm just kind of thinking like who would have like a really good effect. Who would be effective at onboarding new people? Um, I'm going to go with Patrick Mahomes of the Kansas City Chiefs, right? This is more uh, American football related. So for for those of you in in Europe, you might not know who this person is. But he is a huge celebrity uh, from a National Football League standpoint. And I think that there are a lot of uh, younger people who, you know, they look up to these sports celebrities, especially those like Patrick Mahomes, who's a quarterback, and, you know, he married his high school sweetheart, and he's won a Super Bowl, and he's might be on his way to win another Super Bowl. 
I think if you can get someone like that involved in the crypto space and kind of get that new wave of the younger generation involved, I think that it would be a pretty good one. I think anyone where, you know, if there's a celebrity that a lot of people looked up to, especially younger generations, I think that is someone who would should be a, a pretty good focus, you know, like... I know, like you see Matt Damon on TV for the Crypto.com commercial, but I, I don't know how effective he really is. I mean, for maybe older generations, millennials like myself, sure. But I think uh, someone more from like a, a Gen Z standpoint might uh, want someone a, a little younger to be involved, uh, and that that would probably lead to onboarding more people. Otherwise, I would say Snoop Dogg, but he's already hopping on board. I love that guy. What's your biggest win? and uh craziest getting wrecked situation thus far wow that's a tough one um man i've got to say the biggest win for me probably for a lot of people in the space too was that ens airdrop you know not necessarily a calculated like i said like i don't take on a lot of risk um i don't do a lot of leverage trades I would say that the ENS airdrop was huge. You know, I'm I'm a pretty big uh, proponent of Ethereum, and I believe in the value proposition that it holds. And so I did sell my ENS uh, and convert it to Ethereum. But yeah, that that was a huge win, right? I think anyone who had an ENS name that was uh, ready for that airdrop. Also, the looks token. Um, I sold that too when I got it. And I kind of wish that I would have staked it because it looks like people are generating a lot of ETH on that yield that they're getting on the looks token. So, uh, but yeah, I converted that as well. You know, that, that I feel like that was a big one too. The airdrops are huge. And I think that, you know, that incentivizes people to try new things, try new protocols that don't have a token yet. And I think that's good for the ecosystem as a whole. So those are my two big wins, airdrop related and finding the index co-op, of course. Um, <clears throat> getting wrecked, man, I did ape in to some ohm forks. Um, I'm not going to say which ones, but I aped into a few of them. It just seemed like the thing that everybody was doing. And the, I don't know, I, I didn't do a lot of research, didn't do my due diligence on it. That's my fault. Shouldn't have done it. Also, there was another protocol and again, I'm not going to name names about getting wrecked, but I was, there was this protocol that was just doing this automatic, you know, yield reinvesting on Polygon. And I thought, you know, this is an incredible product and I'm using the product and I still use the product to this day. And I purchased the token at about $30 a token. And I think it's down to like 60 cents now. Right. And I think, you know, that's another thing. Like I didn't focus on the tokenomics of that protocol, which is important, right? What are the emissions? What's the total supply? And I just saw that, you know, this is a great protocol that everybody should use. And I didn't take into account, you know, just because you're using a protocol and you're generating a lot of yield on that protocol doesn't necessarily mean that you need to own the token, right? You have to focus on the tokenomics as well. And that's something I didn't do on the, on the second one that I got wrecked on. But yeah, I, I try to keep it pretty conservative, uh, typically. So stable coins, I don't really understand, uh, like them, but there's this 
uh, I mean, I know how they're pegged and such, but but there's like this fixed thing that you got, right? Stable coin yield indexes. Could you explain that? Could you go into that for a second? Yeah, this is a new product that's being proposed in a partnership between the index co-op and notional finance, which is a, another DeFi protocol. And what the index co-op is trying to achieve as of recently is, you know, we've got protocol or we've got index products that do very well in bull markets. That's being DPI, BED, MVI, data, the 2x leverage ETH, the 2x leverage Bitcoin products, those do well in bull markets, right? And when people hold those, you know, the index co-op generates fees off of that, which drives revenues to the treasury. But what about more risk adverse investors? What about uh, DAOs and the, the, the treasuries of the DAOs? What are they going to invest in? And, uh, you know, what about bear markets? Um, as well what kind of products are people in, interested in there and that's where the concept of notional or the, this partnership with notional came into effect and then also we're looking at there's another proposed index called pay which is just more of like a uh, variable stable or, or a variable yield aggregator index so on the fixed part they have uh, notional has this technology where you can lock in a fixed rate on your stablecoin in the form of, you know, it's a lending and borrowing protocol, right? And it, it's still like a really new product, and I haven't dug in too much on on Notional. I'm actually interviewing one of the co-founders of Notional on Friday, so I need to do my research. But that's effectively what we do: is that we are going to uh, lend, you know, take the tokenize these loans, put them in a product, so the holders of this product can then uh, generate a, a fixed yield on their assets, right? Um, and that's that's difficult to achieve in the DeFi space uh, just by the nature of how the blockchain works and how consensus works and how, you know, supply and demand works on the blockchain. And then, so that's that's a product we're working at. So there's, there's three steps to going through a product. Uh, product approval. One is just a temperature check, and it's just kind of like, is this a good idea? Something the index co-op might want to do, and that's just like a yes/no. Pretty simple. Pretty much everyone gets through, uh, you know, the first temperature check process, and then you have decision gate one, where it's like a little bit more of a fleshed-out proposal, and that's where it starts to maybe get like a little bit more contentious in the governance forum, and you're gonna have a lot more questions. And then, you know, that's if it votes yes based on our quorum, you know, people voting with the index token, it moves forward to decision gate two. And between decision gate one and decision gate two is where things are really starting to work. Like we're working with the engineering team, like is this feasible technically? And then we're working with like growth and marketing. Is this a good product market fit? Are there other products like this out in the space? And then uh, once you reach decision gate two and that passes, it, it becomes a product. So with the fixed products, you know, this product that we're working on with Notional, we just did the temperature check, but I thought it was like a really fascinating new and innovative product. So I did a long tweet thread about it to say, hey, you know, here's some innovative products that can come out of DeFi when 
DAO's partner together and protocol's partner together. And then another one we're working on from like a stablecoin standpoint is uh, it's called Pay, which is uh, I think it's called the Pulse Aggregated Yield Index. This was proposed by DeFi Pulse Index or De- the DeFi Pulse team. And what this does, you know, it takes USDC, Dai, Tether too, I think, and it spreads those out through. Ave compound, maybe idle finance, I think may have been in there as well. Don't quote me on that. And that's just a way to just diversify and gain yield on different types of stablecoin assets. So you're diversifying your stablecoins, you're diversifying the protocols that you're lending those stablecoins on, and you're just tokenizing all of that into one token that's automatically managed by the methodologist in the index cooperative. So we feel like that would be good for maybe more risk adverse investors or even DAOs that want to put their USDC to work for them in a more, you know, diversified way, diversifying between the stablecoin assets and the protocols uh, that you're utilizing. So I want to end our time here at crypto texan one with if you need to if you want to mention anything that you want to mention that's it's your time we're here to listen to you and we're learning a lot so i really appreciate you uh giving the pool together community an hour out of your day um but would love to hear about what your thoughts are on the pool token and how do we get in one of these indexes how do we get the pool token where it rightfully needs to be in the center of one of these uh like probably the gonna make it index right because we're going to make it. We know. We know we are. There's no doubt in my mind that pool, the pool together community, the protocol are all going to make it. There's no doubt in my mind. Uh, when it comes to the inclusion criteria, honestly, like if I if I had to guess if y'all were going to be in the going to make it index versus like the DeFi pulse index, I feel like the pool together protocol is an OG it's a blue chip in my mind. I would think that it's probably a better fit just in the DeFi Pulse Index. Um, but, you know, that that's really up to the methodologists uh, of the DeFi Pulse Index, which is DeFi Pulse, right? They've got their own inclusion criteria that they take into account, um, right? And there's also, like, like I said, technical limitations, like what does the liquidity look like on the Ethereum blockchain? Because we use the version two of the token sets infrastructure to rebalance these contracts. That's why, you know, you need to have liquidity on, on Ethereum. And I'm not, you know, that well versed in what the tokenomics or liquidity makeup of the pool together token are. But I mean, we get people all the time in the discord that just say, Hey, um, have you looked at this token for inclusion in this index or this index? And you know, we love having those conversations. We're happy to have them. So I would love to see the pool token included in the DeFi Pulse Index or or any of our indices for that matter. Uh, But it's really just up to the methodologists and their transparent, strict inclusion criteria that they have to follow. Because that uh, that inclusion criteria was approved by the Index Coop, and that's what they need to abide by. One more question from the chat, uh, and I think you talked about this, but I want to I want to make sure that people who are participating in Discord get their say. Uh, but when you tokenize investments, how are people assured that the profit from those investments 
are distributed to the token holders or that the token value reflects the investment. That's a great question. I would say that uh, it's because everything that we are doing is on chain, right? So DeFi Pulse, token sets, the index co-op, nobody is taking custody of your assets. You know, these assets are held in a smart contract. You hold the DPI token in your wallet. You are the custodian of these assets. And I think it's worth just explaining real quickly, like how does like how does the DeFi Pulse token come into existence, right? So there's like, you know, there's 18 different DeFi assets. So, you know, the this DeFi Pulse token is fully collateralized by those assets, right? Those tokens are in the smart contract. And what you can do is if you have all those assets in your wallet, you can send all those assets to the DeFi Pulse Index contract on token sets and in return you will receive your dpi token in return and so it's i think you can think of it in a way as like the dpi token is your claim on those share uh, your claim on your share of the assets within that smart contract so conversely you can send the dpi token to the smart contract and receive your allocation uh, back in those assets Right, if that makes sense. And all yeah, all this is, is on chain. You know, the DeFi Pulse Index has a uh, smart contract address that you can look up on Etherscan and you can see all of the assets that are held, right? It's like 100,000 Ave and like a lot of sushi. And you know, it's just all the assets that are held and it's rebalanced by utilizing market cap. So, and we publish that. Uh, the thing is, you know, we try to make things as transparent as possible to add trust and validity to our processes at the Index Co-op. So um, I, I think that answers your question. If it, if it doesn't, you know, I'm, I'm open for a follow-up uh, question as well on that. I think that's great. Well, uh, CryptoTex, and thank you so much for joining us here on the on this highly edited Pool Together community podcast. If you want the full raw recording, you got to join us on Discord. You can get there at pooltogether.com. You can deposit in pooltogether.com. You can join that that sweet prize yield pool with with your no loss lottery. Uh, CryptoTex, and thank you for making the time for us and just kind of enlightening us to the Index Co-op product suite of products and community it's really exciting uh to hear about that and learn from you today yeah absolutely and one more thing that i'll say is um if you want to get involved like i said join the discord uh follow us on twitter at index coop uh follow me on twitter at crypto underscore texan and yeah pop in the discord ask us questions um yeah we're looking forward to it happy to be here i really appreciate you having this and putting this on uh love pull together and y'all got a great community here thanks for listening to the pull together community podcast you can visit pulltogether.com to deposit and we'd love to hear what you thought about today's episode so visit the pull together discord and let us know